Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. How are the players on your side of the ball handling all this? Because it's one thing to sit there and we talk about their health, about protocols, but there's also a mental health aspect to it. You have a date in mind as to when you're going to start a season, so you're building toward that. That date doesn't exist right now. How tough has that been for them and also for you to try and get answers to them? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Steve, it's a roller coaster for all of us. Uh, I think one of the big challenges is you tend to withdraw and you and you tend to become somewhat selfish. You know, if I can't believe this. And what are we going to do? And you know, it's fair. And and you just got to you just got to kind of smack yourself in the face a little bit and and say, let's go. You know, we got a great opportunity. We're all very blessed to be at Penn State at doing what we're doing. And uh, you know, let's just keep working like crazy for when that green light is given. We're ready. We're ready to be the we know we can be. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's the message across the board. That's the players. That's, that's us as coaches. You know, it's challenging for everybody. And, uh, you know, I'm encouraged by a lot of the leadership and positivity that's going on. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of crazy stories right now across college football <laughs> and how people are dealing with this. And, uh, you know, of course, we have a few of our own. But for the most part, we are, you know, doing what we need to do put ourselves in a position and when we are afforded the opportunity to play again that we'll be ready and we'll make Penn State faithful proud about the product on the field. What has it meant to you to get a guy like Tariq Castro Fields out there every single day and what has he meant to the guys in that room in your opinion? Uh, Tariq means so much not just the guys in that corner room but across the secondary the back seven you know he's just an inspiration to everybody his work ethic his maturity and his talent he's just an exceptional young man he's got leadership qualities uh he's an unselfish player he's highly competitive you know i'm so thankful to have him back for his senior year he's he's a guy that i think is going to have a tremendous season a lot of youth there as well but experience keaton ellis has played along the way uh marquise wilson played in fact made another Big play always seems to be around the ball in the Cotton Bowl. And then there's a guy like Joey Porter. What are you seeing in those three young guys, and maybe in particular Porter, because maybe the fans don't know as much about him, Brent? Yeah, Joey's got tremendous length. You're talking about a guy that's 6'2 and change on our measurements. He's got long arms, got speed, which I'm not sure we realized coming out of high school actually how fast this cat is. And then on top of that, you know he's 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 gaining valuable experience right now. I mean he's just he's he's approaching the game. I think the the influence that Tariq has had on him, you know, is a big piece of it. He's approaching the game, you know, more like a vet and less like a a youngster. And when you do that, you know, the improvements you make each and every day, you know, are magnified. And uh, he's just a guy that has tremendous potential. And is working very hard right now to develop it. 
Trent Gordon is a guy who played safety in high school, but he started as a corner here. So he, he quote, checked a lot of boxes to move back. What can his his versatility mean back there for you in terms of what you can do when, once you get the green light to go? Yeah, he's, you know, he is a, it's an asset. When you have a guy that can play multiple positions, it just creates flexibility for you. And, you know, I think I've talked before about, you know, the ability to, to evaluate a, a, a player's strengths and weaknesses and to be very fair and honest in the evaluation. We do this as an entire defensive staff. And, uh, you know, you evaluate the weaknesses and the strengths and you say, is he out of position? If you take these strengths and weaknesses and, and you plug it in at safety or you take an inside linebacker and, and you plug it at outside backer, you take an end and, and you look at him as a three technique. I mean, and all of a sudden, if there's if the strength category grows and the weaknesses diminish, well, you're making a good move. You're maximizing that player's abilities. And uh, I think with Trent, we feel that right now, anyways, at this point, that to get the most out of what Trent does well and to also help us in an area where we wanted to add a little more depth you know, moving him to safety was just a good move for both sides. Part of skill instruction is seeing what a lot of the younger players can do. You have a pretty good read on the older players, but you want to keep them sharp, too. kid like Tyler Rudolph, when you look at him at safety, getting more reps at this point, what can that mean to his development, and what have you seen? Yeah, again, I, I'm very impressed with, with Tyler's talent. Tyler is a young man that has some qualities of the corner position, but has a body, has some has some footwork, skills, skill things, quickness that lends to corner, but has a body. When you look at Tyler in his pads, it screams safety. And, uh, you know, he's a really good-looking young man that has a unique skill set. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that more practice reps, the more – you know, experience we can get him, he's only going to get better and better. He's gotten to the point from a maturity standpoint, he's working and practicing and approaching things in a manner that's going to allow him to get better. So, you know, we're excited about him. Uh, he's just another young guy in that back end that, you know, when we're talking in another year or so, we're going to look across that back end and go, holy cow. All these guys have played a lot of football, and they're still very young. A guy closer to the line of scrimmage that you got in a fair amount last year, and as time went, just looked better and better, at least in my personal opinion, is Adisa Isaac. What do you see in him, Brent? How much better does he seem to you now that he he has seen some game speed and practice speed? People forget practice speed is something to, to all this, too. Yeah, practice speed's important. He's uh, Adisha's a guy that, if you look at him right now, I don't know that you'd recognize him. He is a beautiful-looking kid and can really move and run. And even as a freshman, had tremendous maturity. Just a, He's got a great story. He's, uh, he's just an impressive guy all the way around. I'm really excited about him, Steve. Brent, really appreciate your time very much. Uh, you guys are doing a great job of keeping this team on track, and believe me, a lot of people appreciate the, the hard work you're doing, but also the hard work the kids are doing. Thanks so much for your time. 
Always good to talk to you, brother, even in these crazy times. I appreciate you, man. Tell Jack hello. I sure will. And as I told you beforehand, yes, he did have a hole in one. (laughs) (laughs) I need to see the video. I'm not sure that that I'm going to buy that until I see it. No, no. Here's the here's the here's what has what Jack has going for him. I actually was a witness. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. I'll take your word for it, brother. All right, Brent Pry. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. High School Roundtable in the next half hour. It's week two of the high school football season. And then we'll have Anthony Treshawn from Pro Football Focus today. We'll have that on for you as well. And uh, if we get a chance, maybe we'll dip into the James Franklin-Sandy Barber press conference. Sandy is on the Coaches Show tonight with Kirk Shiraka. So we'll talk with them this evening between 6.05 and 7 on the Coaches Show. High school football week two. Sealands Grove won last week. Lewisburg and Shikolemi did not. Although we had several people saying they were listening to the Chickalemi game, and they they thought in listening to it that Chickalemi won. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't a good start for the Braves, but maybe they'll turn it around this week. I said, well, why did you think that? I said, just the way the announcer sounded. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a tough one tomorrow for the Braves against Jersey Shore. Well, they, uh, well... <laughs> And we already know with the play-by-play person, years ago, he put the Jersey Shore program down. Down. And it's... He is persona non grata. Persona non grata. And you know that. You know that better than anybody. Exactly. You're not telling me anything I don't know. I know. I know. <sighs> Amazing. Oh, well. It's the way it goes. But that's what we have coming up now. In, in talking to the same people, they said, well, the other guy was really realistic and sounded great. I said, no, yeah, it's the chief. The other guy kept bragging about what he saw. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, I can't do this. No? And then there were uh, bells in the background, too? Is that what I heard? Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> M- music, bells, all sorts of stuff. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. I, there are so many different dynamics to this that are interesting. One of them is going to be, in the big picture of this, the ability of Big Ten schools to get back to a normal clock in 2021. 
because they're going to play now and finish up New Year's weekend one way or the other, or maybe somebody, Penn State, Ohio State, somebody, (coughs) ends up Uh, ends up uh, in in the championship game. doesn't matter because now you'll be able to get back to a normal winter program, which they already had done anyway. But then you'll get to a normal spring practice, a normal first six-week session, you know, a normal summer, a normal training camp time, and you start your 21, 21 season on time. I know they're pros, but look at the NHL and the NBA, for example. They will not be able because what they've because what they've been doing. They will not be able to start their 2020-21 seasons on time. The earliest the NBA can start, they think, is Christmas. So they're going to have to extend into the summer again next year. So the earliest they can get back on track is 21-22 college. Intercollegiate athletics can get back on track to a normal calendar and get back on track to getting to some level of financial stability starting with the 21 season. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, Thursday, our weekly high school roundtable. We'll start out with the Chief, Dave Ritchie. Dave, welcome back. Always great to have you on the other end. Well, thank you, Steve. It's, it's, always, a, it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, let me start with this. It's our understanding that the Sunbury Council has said yes to having at least 500 people there for tomorrow's game. Now, the governor's going to put out new guidelines tomorrow. But what kind of boost is that for the kids just knowing there's going to be somebody there? Well, I know up at Central Mountain that there was 25 fans from Shekalimi to watch that football game, and it wasn't much better on the Central Mountain side. Each senior was allowed to have one parent come to the game. So this at least is going to give the kids a chance to have uh, mom and dad in the stands and perhaps even more than that. And it will it will be something. It'll, it'll it, You know, 500 people, uh, they're not all going to be spectators because you've got to include everybody that makes that game go and, and including right. the players. But it, it'll make a difference. I'm sure it's always nice to be able to play in front of uh, people that you uh, – that you live with your entire life. So I'm sure the kids are looking forward to it. There's no question about that. All right, so let's get to last week's game. You know about the improvement from game one to game two, and it's obvious Shikalimi has a lot of improvement uh, after game one. But was was there anything as you looked at saying, okay, you know, they might be able to build on that? Well, let me tell you that the Central Mountain is not the Central Mountain teams of old. They have a very solid football team. Their line is very impressive. When Kevin and I were walking in, uh, they, they were coming off the field, and to be honest with you, uh, it looked like the uh, Dallas Cowboys offensive line 
uh, and defensive line walking in front of me, and they're not just big, they're good athletes. So Chicklin, was thrown right into the fire uh, with a very good line and some good skill people. I, I, I believe that that's going to help them a little bit because they played against the best. It's not like they're going to be they, – they lost to a team that was uh, not that good. This Central Mountain's going to give people problems. I do think uh, that the fact that they were able to move the ball and that they had uh, some good defensive stands – are going to help because there was there was a, a big play for the second touchdown and there was a a miscue on the punt. Uh, they tried to run uh, for uh, fake a punt and run for it, and they gave Central Mountain a short field, and that's how they got the third touchdown. Shikolami scores the first time they had the ball. They 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 that game might have been completely different. They tried a field goal from about the 17, and it was blocked. But they they did move the ball, so that was a positive. How'd you feel about the quarterback play? Well, Drew always is exciting to watch. He he threw some nice passes. He hit Davis Marshall on a forty-five yard pass, and uh, he also completed another one to Davis. But they called offensive interference on that. Uh, he doesn't. He does a nice job of of running the the ball club. Uh, he's uh, also very capable of tucking the ball and running. And a couple of times, uh, he reminded me a little bit of McSorley. Now, I'm not saying that he's McSorley, but right, he was able to take something and and turn it into a you know a five to ten yard game. So uh, Drew's Drew's not your typical stand in the pocket quarterback. He's uh, going to be very active in the offense, and I'm uh, I guess I, I guess I've kind of been a big fan because I like the way that he's got that drive and that leadership and that. Uh, that ability to uh, to just give you everything he's got, and he's he's pretty brave kid. I'll just say that about him. Uh, what about the matchup now with uh, with Jersey Shore? Chickalimi and Jersey Shore. Uh, Chickalimi does not have a very good record against Jersey Shore in the last couple of years. Their their coach has done an outstanding job of getting the kids to believe in the program. It reminds me a lot of what Jimmy Roth has done out at Southern. They they may lose people, but they just reload. And they're going to come at you on defense. They're going to put uh, everybody up in the box. They're going to really try to uh, intimidate you. And they just do a, a great job on the defensive end. Offensively, they lost their quarterback last year, who was who was phenomenal. But they have a kid that's uh, just like Central Mountain. Central Mountain lost their quarterback, and the young man that stepped in to take over for him didn't meet, didn't miss a beat. And that's exactly the way Jersey Shore is. They did a they did a nice job against the Henry Hanoski Shemokin team last week and and uh, basically scored thirty points against them. So Chip is going to have their hands full, but they're going to be at home. And I was down at practice last night listening, and uh, they they they're very enthusiastic. They're they're upbeat. So we're just going to have to let them figure out what happens on that field tomorrow night. Dave, always a pleasure. Appreciate you very much. Thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. All right, and I'm I'm happy to help out and uh, give Kevin a little bit of rest once in a while. So, absolutely, yeah, no, he, he throws the heavy innings. Yeah, he keeps. It's kind of like Tom Seaver. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you guys have a good, you have a good day. Hey, and I'm happy for you that you're going to get to call some some Penn State football games. I bet that was driving you crazy. All right, not um, not knowing how it was going to work out. Yeah, we were all just playing the waiting game, so it was uh, part euphoria, part your relief. 
Yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully things will just m- run smoothly and uh, they'll get those eight or nine games in. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. All right, so now let's get to the team in the area that won. That was Sealands Grove. Uh, they'll be back in action uh, coming up uh, and joining us now. They're going to get Central Mountain. Zach Showers. So, Zach, good start. Uh, what did you like? Um, there's a lot to like in game one. Um, first off, offensively, uh, Salem's Grove was able to move the ball on the ground. Um, I wouldn't say it will, but as a whole, um, they had some big runs for touchdowns, um, some long runs, and they had a number of runs that you felt like they were just a block away um, from getting some uh, big yardage. So overall, offensively, um, they were solid. Defensively, um, other than giving up an 80-yard touchdown drive, uh, they pretty much shut Milton down, um, especially shut down their running game. Um, and we were really impressed looking at Seelands Grove. They just their, their defense has always been solid, but just looked like a lot more athletes out there um, than even some years. So I think we're very excited just to continue to see them develop. And um, special teams also typically can be a disaster week one, um, especially at the high school level and with only one scrimmage. But Seelands Grove actually blocked uh, three punts on the night. They blocked an extra point. Um, they ran a, a kickoff return back 85 yards for a touchdown. Um, so really, there's there's a lot of optimism really in in all three phases of the game, um, which was was pleasant to see after week one. All right. So if you had to pick out a couple of areas, now look, every area has to improve, but a couple of areas where if they improve on that, they can be even better. What would that be? I think it, we keep saying it, but really I think the offensive line just has to continue to develop. Um, it, this is a little bit different offense, and one thing uh, Stalens Grove is doing a little bit more this year is running the quarterback, and I think as opponents get better every week, um, you're going to need to do that. So just continue to shore things up up front um, on both of the lines. Um, and one area of, of concern, um, Stalens Grove lost um, – running back and defensive linemen. You don't always hear those a lot together, but um, Nate shown last week, I'm not sure how long he's going to be out, but uh, most likely won't be playing tomorrow night, and he's he's a huge loss at both of those positions. So uh, one of the big things just continues to be, can they develop depth? And at some positions, it's there, and at other positions, um, you're hoping to um, get some guys in here and there to develop that. All right, so what, Central Mountain now? Central Mountain, obviously, in talking to Dave Ritchie, was very impressive last week in their opener. What will be some of the keys in this one against that kind of team? Well, they are, like he said, they are they are a pretty big team, and they have some good athletes, um, especially at, at their skill positions. Uh, their quarterback threw for just over 100 yards last week, but they had um, running back uh, Ryan Pence, who rushed for 132 yards and two touchdowns. And they had a wide receiver, Peyton Johnson, who had over 100 yards. And he was actually um, a real pain for Salem's Grove last year. Um, Even though Salem's Grove won that game um, by 17, uh, he had 185 yards um, last year, including a 72-yard touchdown. So I really think stopping those guys on the perimeter is going to be big. Um, And also 
uh, Central Mountain is going to come out in a 5-2. Sometimes they'll stand up their defensive ends a little bit, but they're going to put a lot of guys in the box. So it's going to be um, really apparent that uh, Coy Bastion, the quarterback, is making the right reads in that read option game. Um, and that if they can get some guys past that first level, there's some big plays. Um, so I, we're looking forward to it. Um, this is the first time that Central Mountain has won their opener um, since 2014, and they're a team that only um, won one game in 2018 and one game in 2019. So it'll be interesting to see how they um, handle that success that they haven't um, that they haven't had in the past and see if Jones Grove can come out and um, improve to 2-0 and on the season. That'll be on Eagle 107. Zach, thanks so much. Appreciate your time and you very much. Absolutely. Have a good night, Steve. You too. Thanks so much. All right, Greg Wetzel. Greg, I actually had a chance to watch some of the Lewisburg game on Friday night. Um, so when you look at that the with the Little Brown Jug game coming up with Mifflinburg, all right, same yeah. thing. You understand starting point better than anybody else. In their starting point, do they have a couple of areas that you think they can build on if they channel it right? Yeah, I, I think defensively they they played pretty well overall. Uh, you know, first game they had some tackles that they missed. Um, some kids weren't in proper position when the running back from Central cut back, you know, went back against the grain. Those are little yeah. things they can short, but but overall, defensively, I mean, they gave up three turnovers, uh, one for a touchdown and, and two deep in their own territory. So only giving up the 28 points wasn't bad. If you look at the overall stats, um, they they had as many yards rushing and passing as Central, uh, Central Columbia did. Yeah. So, you know, they I, I think they could be happy with how they were defensively. Offensively is where they need to get some cohesion. Uh, get some something going there. Yeah, I mean, don't, no, and they have to by doing that they can help keep the defense off the field. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, Max Moyers, they have to find him room to run. Um, you watched him, Steve, probably against the first team central defense. He was getting hit in the backfield most of the night. He looked like Saquon Barkley against the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. There just wasn't anything there for him to run. Now, he ended up with 82 yards, but most of those 82 yards were in the fourth quarter when Central um, put some substitutes in into the game. So that they need to get the inside running game going. If they do that, I think that will open up the outside running game, which they had some success running outside uh, against Central the other night. But again, if they can run inside, that will really open that up. Uh, rivalries. Uh, we yeah. are in an era where there's some still great rivalries out there, but you and I both know that either through in con- whether it's college or high schools, some shutting down, new high schools popping up, uh, right. consortiums and so forth, it's not quite there. What's this rivalry like, in your opinion, between Lewisburg and Mifflinburg? Well, you know, that's a great question, Steve, because, you know, when, when I was a kid growing up, I would do anything to beat Mifflinburg, okay? I lived in Lewisburg my whole life, and my kids grew up knowing from the very beginning of, of time when they were competing in youth soccer or anything, hey, you can lose to anyone, don't lose to Mifflinburg. 
Right. Um, and I and I had when I coached at Lewisburg, I had a cousin that coached for Mifflinburg. So, I mean, we had rivalry. It was just built-in rivalry with us. I, I'm not sure the rivalry means as much to the kids today as it did 25, 30 years ago because Lewisburg is a very transient community. Uh, I would yes. say. Oh, I would say less than 20% of the kids that are playing football were born in Lewisburg and lived in, and have lived in Lewisburg their entire life, where I believe Mifflinburg would have more of those kids that have, you know, born and raised in Mifflinburg and their parents that were born and raised in Mifflinburg. So I think the rivalry might mean more that way for Mifflinburg kids and families than it does for the Lewisburg families. Uh, but still, it, the coaches are playing this up as a rivalry game. Uh, they're trying to get the kids excited about this because I think Lewisburg and Mifflinburg both know this is a big game for the rest of the season for them. Which then brings me to the keys to swing it their way. What needs to happen to swing it Lewisburg's way? Well, I think I think Max Moyers is a key. And when I say Max Moyers, the offensive line needs to open up some holes for Max Moyers to get free because if they do, one guy doesn't bring him down in the secondary. It takes it takes a couple guys to bring him down. And if they can do that and then be able to run the ball outside in their option offense, I think I think right there is the key to the game. Uh, now, and last year, Mifflinburg stopped the Lewisburg running game. Now, Max Moyers didn't play last year because of his torn ACL. But Lewisburg passed the ball for over 300 yards against Mifflinburg last year. However, they turned the ball over six times. So turnovers, I think, along with getting Max to be able to run the offensive line to dominate up front, I think those will be the key to a Lewisburg victory. Greg, always a pleasure. It's going to be on 100.9 The Valley. Appreciate you and your time very much, my friend. No problem. Thank you, Steve. Greg Wetzel. All right. And that's our high school roundtable for the week. Again, Shikalimi will be in action against Jersey Shore on News Radio 1070 WKOK tomorrow. 7 o'clock the kick, 6.30 the airtime. Sealands Grove will take on Central Mountain on Eagle 107. 7 o'clock the uh, kick, 6 o'clock the airtime there. And then 100.9 the Valley, it's the Little Brown Jug game between Lewisburg and Mifflinburg. 7 o'clock the kick and 6.30 the airtime on 100.9 The Valley. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Plenty of high school football coming up on the Sunbury Broadcasting family of stations. 
Eagle 107 tomorrow as Sealands Grove against Central Mountain, 100.9 the Valley, the Little Brown Jug Game, Mifflinburg, Lewisburg, and here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. It'll be Shikalimi at home, and they're going to let 500 people. I mean, there's going to be 500 people total allowed, including the teams, in uh, for tomorrow evening's game. Shikalimi will take on Jersey Shore. Uh, the only plus is is that ever since the suit made all those disparaging remarks on this show, by the way, about Jersey Shore, they've been terrific. And I mean, the signs that they bring to the game, oh, they just won't have those signs here this time. So I'm going to do my part and go no, <laughs> and do that. All right, all right. Next half hour, Anthony Trash Pro Football Focus. We'll get into that in a little bit as well, and, and talk about that. The you have a day to start thinking about such things. For example, uh, Herb Combs and the Beaver Stadium grounds crew are going to have to work hard on this. Uh, and you're saying, well, yeah, they're only playing four games. Yeah, but here's the issue: it's when you're playing the four games. Uh, one thing that you'll notice. Uh, late in the year with grass fields, and this this is the the single with uh, this is this is not being prejudicial or anything like not even close. That's the best grass field I've ever seen anywhere, and everybody tells me that. I mean, over and over again. I remember talking with Tom Allen, the Indiana coach, on the sideline last year, and he says, he says "I can't believe this is grass." It's unbelievable, and everybody says that, despite the fact that it is the best grass field anywhere, and it really is. Grass doesn't grow at that time of the year, so if it gets torn up, it's not like you can kind of patch it and you know do some things with it. It's harder. Now it's only going to be four, maybe five. Could have a fifth game in there. Obviously, December nineteenth could be a game here. Of course, Penn State's in the Big Ten championship game. Then the games in Indianapolis indoors. But at that time of the year, that's that's something to think about. Next part is this: Penn State. For the first time since going to the semester system decades ago, is going to play a football game the week of finals. Never had to do that before. Training camp. Training camp's taking place with fall semester in session. Haven't had to do that. Oh, who knows? I mean, obviously, season started a little bit later many years ago. So, you know, back then. But, I mean, in, in the... Most recent decades, you haven't had to do that. But there'll be another part, too. Nobody loses eligibility out of this year. Did you know that? Well, that's good. Even, the way it should be. Even, but, even the, but even the seniors, for example, if they wanted to come back for a sixth year, they could. Now, they're not going to, but they could. You could play your freshman class as much as you want. There's no four-game limit this year. They'll still be freshmen next year. Redshirt freshmen. It's interesting. Anthony Tresh, next half hour, Pro Football Focus here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.